Hello, welcome to another edition of Talking Sports and Fitness with Zeke. I'm Zeke, sometimes known as Mike Zielinski. My guest today is Marshall Kaufman, who is, uh, welcome Marshall. Thank you, thank you. Marshall's a longtime boxing trainer, uh, King's Gym, which stands for Kids in Need of Guidance. The whole purpose of this in the beginning was to keep the kids out of trouble and give them some confidence and Correct. some self-esteem. And, but you have branched out in so many ways. Uh, you are a big-time promoter now, uh, King's mm -hmm. Promotion. Right. You do a lot of fights on Showtime, ESPN, mm -hmm. Fox Sports 1. Correct. And you've trained a lot of world-class fighters, including your son, Travis. And you led Kermit Citron, another local fighter, mm -hmm. uh, to uh, a title shot in the welterweight division. But more on that in our second episode. Uh, I want to talk to you about Muhammad Ali. Okay. Uh, I was very... Uh, I get chills when you yeah. mention his name. I was very, very fortunate uh, as a young sports writer. I got to cover him at Deer Lake many, mm -hmm. many times. Uh, actually, playfully sparked with him one time, which was a treat. Uh, <laughs> but I just loved Ali. Uh, so, and I know Travis uh, trained at Deer Lake Correct. for a, a couple of years. Now, this is way past Ali. Correct. But uh, as a boxing guy, what's your thoughts on Ali? Because my impression of him was, especially in the beginning, he did everything wrong, but he made it right because he had extraordinary physical gifts, mm -hmm. foot speed, hand speed, reflexes, and he, had the, he could have been a limbo dancer or so. Right, limber. right. Yeah. So what's your take on Ali? As far as his technique for boxing, there was a lot of flaws. Yeah. I mean, you know, he didn't, his chin wasn't tucked behind his shoulder. Uh, hands didn't stay up. You know, he fought with his hands down. I know. Yeah. Uh, but he got away with so much of it because he was so fast yeah. in the heavyweight division, because he had such great reflexes, because uh, because his uh, hand-eye coordination was so so well that he was able to get away with a lot of that. And then as you've seen him get older, as he got older, is when things started to change, when he got hit more uh, and uh, things took place of... Uh, just, you know, things changed a lot as he got older. But he was by far, in my opinion, the greatest fighter of all time. And not so much because of what he did in the ring, but more so because of what he did mm -hmm. out of the ring. Yeah, and we're going to get to that in a, in, a, in a couple minutes. But what always impressed me about Ali was, because you mentioned uh, later in his career, but the epic fights with Norton and mm -hmm. Frazier and Foreman, mm -hmm. he was not the Ali pre-exile. Uh, I'm not sure he ever had a peak because he missed from 25 to almost 29. Right. And if you look at the, uh, the Cleveland Williams fights, right. the Ernie Terrell, I mean, his combination of speed and, and like we were talking earlier, he had a lot of pop because he was so fast. When he came back, he didn't quite have that hand speed. Right. Uh, and I think the other unfortunate thing about Ali was the Foreman fight. I mean, he, he discovered that rope-a-dope out of sheer necessity. Mm -hmm. But then he did it all the time. I mean, he did that in well, training. It drew well, a leg for a lot of those fights. Well, it's, he was absorbing it, it was, a lot of shots. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's easy. Yeah. You, know, you lay up against the ropes. You don't yeah. have to move. You know, it's, it's, it's not as much wear and tear on your legs. Uh, and he was covering up a lot. So yeah. he was, it was easy. The biggest shots that you had to worry about were the body shots. And he took them well. And, and one thing about Ali was that one thing that he had over probably just about anybody he ever fought in his era was mentally. Mentally, he was stronger than anybody. Yeah. And, and I remember reading about where Ali would go out and run seven miles in his boots and then go straight to the gym and work out. And uh, that, that, to me, was impressive alone. Yeah, the thing with Ali was that 
you know, Norman Mailer once wrote that, and he was a big fight guy, and he loved uh, Ali. All writers did, mm -hmm. because he gave us so much to write of about. Of course. Uh, George Plimpton. But Norman Mailer once wrote that boxing is a dialogue between bodies. And I thought Ali was the master of that conversation. Mm -hmm. And you talked about he did everything wrong, but, you know, he... The, the, the two things about him, I thought, was one, he was very creative. Like uh, Angelo Dundee, his longtime trainer, said, mm -hmm. he doesn't take direction. So if he does something I like, I'll just encourage him, hey, you know, you know, do it indirectly. Angelo was good at that. He was very good at that. But I, I think the two things uh, besides Ali's tremendous physicality the, uh, was his will and his ego. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually believed, I think, that he was the greatest. It wasn't of just, yeah. you know, and all fighters have confidence, but he, he just was unbelievable. That no, way. he believed it from day one. He believed yeah. it before he, before even he was great, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and so he, that's one thing that he did do. And uh, it's just he was an amazing individual. He was an amazing uh, athlete and uh, just to go through with what he went through by uh, standing up for what he believed in and not going to the war and uh, I think that showed a lot about who he was and I think that pretty much more than anything made a name for who he was more than what it was oh, winning the no heavyweight question. championship of the world and as and as you know as we get older we get slower yeah okay the, the but one thing that he did do he became smarter okay and he got smarter in that ring and he knew how to use his assets uh, with his mind more than his more than his body. The the thing about Ali was he his stance against the war uh, for religious reasons uh, turned out uh, he was on the right side of history, obviously. Mm -hmm. And because he was such a pariah, he was hated by so many people and yeah. vilified. Uh, to, to see that he made that transition, and, and you know the black Muslims were a lot more militant than the regular Muslims that he became. But uh, to see that transformation of Ali from the, so many people hated him, and he had to go out of the country to get some fights because he yes. couldn't get one here. Uh, and now became beloved in his last 20, 30 years. Yes, it, without a doubt. Because he sacrificed money and career for principle. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and it's, it's funny you say that because I still try to tell young athletes that today. Stop chasing the money, you know. The money will come yeah. when you do everything else right. And it shows with Ali. I mean, when Ali, I mean, I'm sure he's worth millions of dollars when he passed away being uh, where he was because he sold the rights of his name off. I think it was, I think they got $50 million for that. When he wow. sold the rights of his name off. The other thing that he did, well, apparently his foundations, uh, they raised over $100 million for Parkinson yeah. research. Uh, one thing uh, we should talk about, Ali, was his charisma. Boy, he had charisma. And he was so loquacious. Yeah, I can't, I can't even think of a fighter today that had the charisma that he had. There were some guys who tried to capture. Yeah. You know, Sugar Ray Leonard, actually. And Leonard fought a little bit like yeah. Ali, too. But there was only one Ali. He was playing buoyant and whatnot, but uh, there was only one Ali. Yeah. There was one Ali that can go in there and talk the talk and walk the walk. Uh, what's, you know, when you were up there with Travis in 2008 and nine, I guess. Yes, yes. Uh, what, what's left of the camp? Uh, I heard the rocks are still there. Yeah. And, uh, I was also the up there in 2004 with uh, Cintron as well. Okay. 
So uh, was that when George Dillman had? I think Dillman's George son's Dillman still now. has it. Okay. He still has it, and uh, his son runs it. Yeah, but George still has it. But George, by the way, was a longtime karate guy. Yes, and he, he said yeah. he trained with Ali. He said that a lot. I don't know how much yeah. he actually trained with Ali. But I've seen a lot of pictures with it, but yeah, who knows? You know, yeah. but George is a character. But yeah. when we went up in two thousand four with Cintron, uh, we spent four weeks up there, and uh, it took a lot of getting used to. For a lot of the athletes, oh, even, yeah. even with Kermit, and uh, they didn't like it because there was no cable, there was no TV. So what they did, uh, now we're in the ages of video games. So they took video games up and played yeah, video yeah. games a lot. But uh, that's so it takes a lot of getting used to for today's athletes to go to a place like that. My son Travis loved it. He loved being up there without the TV. He didn't care about that. Yeah, yeah. Not having Wi-Fi and, and for so, a young kid nowadays, man, that's that's something. Yeah, yeah. You know. So and we're talking, well, what were we talking? Seven years ago. So he was only twenty-three years old at the time, and yeah, so he loved it. He really did. I think the uh, I think Deer Lake had a lot to do with sustaining Ollie's career because he used to train down at the Fifth Street Gym in Miami, Angelo's right. place. And he, he was just distracted. But the funny thing is he came to the mountain, Deer Lake, and he used to call mm-hmm. it Muhammad's Mountain. There was so many people there. It was right. unbelievable. And he, he used to feed off the crowd after workouts yeah, and every time. I, I've seen tons of pictures. i even seen an old video, uh, a dear friend of mine who introduced me to the Ali camp, because I never went up as a kid, Jeff Julian, who took some Julian photos. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jeff Julian. Uh, he, Jeff Julian is a photographer that followed Ali around yeah, for yeah. years. And Jeff Julian, as a matter of fact, his photo was in the yes, newspaper. Yes, and they did an article on him. And he, uh, Jeff Julian was the only photographer that was allowed to shoot Angelo Dundee's viewing his funeral as well uh, because of his relationship with Angelo Dundee, his relationship with Ali. Yeah. Um, and he was actually allowed access to Ali's house. But he showed me an old video clip of what it was like, and just I was impressed so much by Ali and how he handled himself with the people and how he, you know, that's what pumped him up. And I'll give you a real quick scenario. I know we don't have much time, but uh, a late and great Reading fighter, Steve Little, was the same Steve way. Well. Yeah. Steve was Steve lived for the people. And uh, I remember when Steve was going through chemotherapy and going, getting his cancer treatments, and they had the Reading Parade going down Penn Street. And here we, we turned off. We, we parked around the corner at 4th and, uh, that was 4th and Franklin. Steve gets, as soon as we're done, and there's no one around, he just breaks down physically. Mm-hmm. He, while we were going down Penn Street, he was alive. He was, he was you know, had the, the energy that a young individual yeah. would. As soon as we got around when nobody was around, physically he just fell apart. Yeah. And so that's what I think Ali was like as well. You know, I think uh, Steve fed off of Ali. Ali was one of his favorite fighters as well. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much for sharing uh, your thoughts on Muhammad Ali. He was the greatest of all time. Uh, For now, this is Zeke saying goodbye. These community stories are made possible in part by BCTV, Susie Ray Design, Queen City Family Restaurant, Lamar Advertising, Heidelberg Family Restaurant, Reading Air, Lions and Hole, Peanut Bar, and Kutztown University.